Hello, everybody. Hope everybody's having a fantastic Wednesday. Thanks for joining for another awesome Wednesday happy hour. I'm really excited to have Hillary, otherwise known as Auto Body Barbie, is going to be joining us. If you're not familiar with her, after this is over, you're definitely going to want to go give her a follow and check her out. Hopefully, she'll be joining here soon. Oh, we've got a visitor. This is Handsome. That's his name because I'm super creative. His name is Handsome. Um, and uh, apparently, he's decided he wants to join us. And so does Hillary. So yay. Um, <laughs> he should be here in just a second, waiting, connecting. <gasps> yay! Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Hi, lovely. Hi. <laughs> so cheers cheers Ooh, what do you drink red wine wine to like make sure i filled it up enough so that i didn't have to get up <laughs> smart woman smart woman oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what's what do you think so for anybody who doesn't know hillary is up in canada and so obviously the pandemic is all across the world, but how, how are things affecting you up there right now for folks that are here in the US? Um, I feel like we have relatively low number of cases, but we're still in like, we've been pretty much locked down, I wanna say since March and just today, they've kind of started letting like, they call it like the phase one of things reopening. So now it's okay, like- That was today? Can, yeah, you can go oh, into, wow. into a hardware store. So, but it's still like, there's no restaurants, there's no bars. It's still only like essential businesses open. Um, they just opened up like parks, I think, okay. are opening this weekend, but it's still pretty, like everything's very, very restricted still. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're kind of all across the board here. Like some states are doing one thing, some states are doing something totally different. It's kind of crazy town. So yeah. how is it affecting you? Are you guys still working? You're, I mean, I've seen your happy hours at the shop. Like you're still able to work it looks like you're considered essential yeah we are um like all automotive falls under essential and i think dealerships yeah. as well so we're still working i have one girl who like i gave uh, my employees like the option of like taking a layoff if they wanted because obviously i don't want someone to come to work if they're not comfortable so i have one girl that's still on layoff and then there's just three of us working okay yeah how's it how's it been it's been it's been good i mean there was like the initial period of like I think like when the whole thing started and, and no one was really sure what was going to happen and, and like same with us, I'm like, oh my God, are you know, our customers going to start coming in and like pulling out their cars? Like it was just, there was all this uncertainty, but it seems to kind of be just like business as usual. And like, I'm lucky in the way that I don't get a lot of like walk-ins or people coming through yeah. with like quotes. So a lot of what I do is by appointment anyway. So we're able to kind of like um, and we'll do like pickup and deliveries for like, we had a lady who wanted her little bumper painted, but she's like, I have health issues. I haven't left my house in like seven weeks. So we like picked it up with our like our Good. little masks and dropped it off to her. And, but it's been, I love it. it's been okay. Yeah. Just kind of like taking it one day at a time. Like it's such just, it's like a right. weird thing to live through. Right. Like no one's ever, there's no guidelines for this. So we're just, just taking it day by day. And like, I love the creativity grateful. though. Like I love seeing how different businesses are handling things and like getting creative yeah. with what they can do differently to accommodate their customers, to accommodate their employees. I feel like it's really differentiated, especially in the auto side of things. Like 
you know, For the sure. good shops from the bad shops, right? <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> you know, the shops that say they're all about their employees, but then don't do anything for them or the shops that say they're all about their customers and then are not making accommodations. So it's, it's very interesting to see that unfold. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Like, absolutely. I find like it's things like this that make people's true colors kind of show, right? Like whether it's an employee or an employer, it's like, okay, wow. Like I have some, some friends who are working in shops where like, you know, like hand soap or sanitizer wasn't even like really provided for them. And like, the, the owner has the mentality like, oh, it's not the big deal. It's just like the flu, like basically like just shut up and, and just go to work type of thing. I'm like Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I've seen a lot of like sense of entitlement from auto shop owners. Like, well, we're essential. We're allowed to do whatever we want. I'm like, yeah. Well, you, we still live in society with other right. people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You still got to think about like other people besides yourself. But yeah. I mean, it's, like, it's good. I'm, I'm like super grateful that we can still keep working. And like, I really feel for, you know, like restaurant owners, like we restaurants haven't been able to operate since like March. Like that's. So like, are you guys, you can't even do curbside with restaurants? Um, we can. Mm, yes, we can. But like, okay. you know, like the little bars who don't ever offer like takeout and stuff right. like that. And, and they're saying like, they can't, they can't pay their rent on just like trying to do that as well. So yeah, it's tough. It would be tough. It's been interesting for sure. But so I've got to rewind because we just dove in with saying hello to each other and technical difficulties and whatnot. But um, we've got to introduce you to everybody out watching in Instagram land. <laughs> So, um, everybody who is out there, this is Hillary, (laughs) also known as Auto Body Barbie. She is the owner of Ink and Iron, which is an all-female auto body and restoration shop up in Canada. And um, why don't you tell us all, grace us all a little bit with um, a little bit about who you are, what you do, what your specialty is, and, and then we'll dive into some more deep stuff. All right. So um, I am an auto body technician. So I got my start uh, as a co-op student in high school. So I'd always had an interest in in cars, like all through high school, I took the uh, I took the automotive mechanics class. And initially, I thought I wanted to be a mechanic until I realized anything to do with wiring or electrical made me want to blow my brain out. <laughs> uh, so around that time, um, I kept getting grounded. So my punishment when I would get grounded would be my mom would take away like my driving privileges, like you can't drive the car. So me at 17, I'm like, I'm gonna buy my own car. And like, I'll show you mom. So I basically like, pawned everything I owned, which was like a book collection and random things. And I, I got a thousand dollars and I bought a 1970 Oldsmobile, which- Wait, the book it, collection? It was Goosebumps, a lot of Goosebumps books. <laughs> and like R.L. Stein books. Like I, I'm a huge, <laughs> honestly, I'm like a huge book nerd. Like I love reading, especially through my childhood. Like- I, That's I awesome. So I pawned that, raised a thousand dollars, bought a 1970 Oldsmobile, which obviously living in Canada was like a huge rusty pile of crap. Right. So um, I was kind of looking at it and I was like, I want to learn how, like, how can I fix this? How can I make the body of it look pretty? And I was in my grade 12 year, I was done on my credit. So there was a body shop close to my parents' house. So I went and I asked if um, they would be willing to take me on as a co-op student. And they said yes. And it was just a really, it was a really great experience. Like they kind of just threw me right into the mix, like right away. I, I don't feel like they ever um treated me any different than as if I were a dude um and then I was I I was hooked like I 
I've been in the industry ever since. Um, in Ontario here, we have an apprenticeship program for auto bodies. So yeah, can you actually uh, rewind and yeah. explain for anybody who doesn't know what a co-op student means? Because you, because oh. Canada does things very, right. very differently than than the way a lot of places do, um, as far as certifications do and licensing for both mechanical and auto bodies. So explain what that is. Um, so co-op, they give you the option to do a co-op, usually in your grade 11 or 12 year of high school. And it's just a way for you to get credits um, without actually taking a class in school. So for people who have an interest in trades or maybe they don't want to pursue like a college or university route, and it's very much treated like a job placement. So you have to you know, go in for an interview and bring a resume and it can be either like a half day or mine was like a full day. Cause okay. Like so it was like a work I, study kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like, because I was, I didn't need any more credits to graduate and they had me like enrolled in just some like bullshit, like another music class and a, another chemistry. And I was like, well, I want to, you know, I, right. I know I want to do a trade. So it's like, and it's a great way to like, to try something without any like commitment. Like, I don't think I ever would have pursued auto body if I hadn't have gotten the opportunity to try it as a co-op like I, I had no idea what it was about and even in high school like we had all these presentations from colleges and universities and like not one person from a trade ever came in and spoke to us about like anything to do with trades it was almost like totally. if, if you're like you go into a trade if you're too dumb like if you can't get into college or university you are almost made to feel like less right. than and mm -hmm. that's like that's what I love like now sometimes when I go to high schools and like I've been lucky enough to speak to a bunch of high school girls I'm like you girls are so lucky like this didn't exist when I was in high school like you're getting this whole other world opened up to you it's 100 percent yeah, yeah no I I was actively discouraged from it when I was in high school like they didn't tell us about it we didn't know about it and then if you did raise your hand and say I want to do this it was like no 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 you don't want to do that that's not what you want to do. <laughs> you you want to do something different. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, go to school, get a degree, right? That's yeah. basically what, what we were told. Totally. So you, you went to this body shop just strictly because you wanted to make your car prettier. Yeah, because I wanted to learn. Because, you know, I took in the, <laughs> like, I had, I took the engine and, and in my little mechanics class that I was doing in high school, like, learned how to, like, rebuild the motor of it. And then it's like, but how do I make? Like, how do I make the outside of it nice? I think, like, and too, I think being a girl, like, we, we like that. I, I oh, like, really <laughs> totally. Aesthetically, it's not, this is not pleasing me. Like, I don't like this rust and the faded paint on it. So I was kind yeah. of like, you know, how do I, how can I make this nice? It's funny because I, you know, I obviously went down the mechanical path. You went down the body path, right? But, like, I, my first draw into automotive was my Volkswagen Bug. And it was the same thing. Like, I didn't really necessarily care about the mechanical portion of it at that time when I was like 15, 16, whatever. Like, I just wanted it to be cute. I wanted it to be cute. <laughs> I wanted it to be pretty. I wanted to make the paint nice. I wanted yeah. to make it purple. Go figure. <laughs> Shocker. That's where it started. <laughs> but, like, that was the appeal. And that was kind of like my first thing that I did. But Auto Body was never. Like, like, I wasn't exposed to it as a possibility, like, that, that was an option. And even my high school, we had mechanical auto shop classes, but mm -hmm. we didn't offer any sort of body or paint. Like, that. Yeah, just, mine either. It wasn't a thing. And that, it's such a shame. It is. It's such a shame. Like, we wonder why we have such a trade deficit, right? And, yeah. like, we have so many kids who are, who would be great at it and, like, aren't even getting exposed to it. I know, I know. It makes me like so upset. And even like when I go to these conferences, like 
I meet like women and men that do trades that like I have no idea about. I'm like, that's cool. Like I learned something about like I met a chick who was um she was like an aircraft mechanic for uh, Bombardier. Like oh, nice. her story and like what she does every day. I'm like that's really cool. Like there's so many trades that I love hearing about that like I don't know anything about. Totally. Yeah. I I agree. What do you think? How do you think it's different in Canada with licensing and everything? Because you guys have a whole like a whole separate like way of doing things than we do. Like, how does that all work? Once you get out of high school, you decide you want to pursue a trade. Tell us what that's like. Yeah, so we have, basically we have trades that are called restricted trades. So like to be a mechanic or to be an auto body tech, it means you have to go through like a whole licensing process to be able to, to do these trades. And they actually have like little enforcement guys that will come around to every shop and make sure you're either like they'll check and make sure you have your license or that you're registered as an apprentice. And I think like their intent with that is, you know, for auto bodies to make sure you don't have these little like underground hack shops, like, you know, welding cars, cut, cutting cars in half and welding them together. Like that. You we mean that's not have... okay? <laughs> it works sometimes. <laughs> we, all, we all have like the same standards of training and um, yeah. And I think it also helps with like, our pay scale because like I said you're not having all these like shady guys coming in saying like oh I'll do this job for like minimum wage so everyone's kind of it, it raises like the quality of our trade yeah. so um for auto body for example it's about you have to have 7200 hours I think a little over 7200 hours working you get a little booklet that has all these skills so then your boss or your the licensed tech you work under will you know sign off on each little skill that you yeah. complete you have three levels of schooling. Each level is two months each. So you do all that. Then you go to a government office and you have to write um, like a big, we call it a CFQ, a certificate of qualification exam. So you write that. And I think you have to get over 70 to pass. And then they mail you a little like license that says like, I'm a journeyman or a journey person now, I think. They right. <laughs> right. I think it's so awesome. I wish... I wish they would bring that to the U.S. It's yeah. it's interesting. It's a really polarizing topic. I'm seeing some of the comments. There's a couple of people saying like, "Oh, like we should do that in the U.S." and and I, it, that's actually surprising to me how much support I'm seeing in the comments on that because yeah. normally when I bring up certification, especially around mechanical shops, they're like, "No." Right? Yeah, like, really? They're like this awful thing, like mandated certifications. I'm like, God, my nail technician. Well, I did these myself, which is why they're <laughs> awful. But, um, you know, <laughs> office salons are closed right now. <laughs> but, um, but normally, my nail technician needs more certification than, than I do as a mechanic. And that's crazy to me. Yeah. That's absolutely crazy. And yeah, somebody just said ASC certs are the only thing we have. And that's true. Like, that's, that's the closest we have. And that's awesome. But it's voluntary. Yeah. And we don't have... I feel like what you guys have... And, and tell me your perspective on this, but I feel like I, I would think that having the certification and having the levels and the standardization and all of that makes it like a more respectable career. Like it's yeah. taken seriously and that that would make it easier for women in the industry too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like, you know, technically I could say like, I have a college degree, like I have a college degree because I'm an auto body tech and, and like, I, I feel like, 
I don't know if anyone on here is from Canada, but I think the mechanics apprenticeship is like even longer. It's like 9,000 hours. But I, I feel like with both mechanical and auto body, like especially collision work, it's like if you're doing something improperly because you are uneducated, like you could jeopardize someone's life, whether it's not knowing how to repair brakes or sectioning a car improperly. Like you're playing with something that's carrying like a family. It could be carrying a family of people. So why aren't there like standards for training or standards Amen. for you to be able yeah. to touch this? Like, absolutely. 100%. You yeah. know what I think is really going to force the issue in the U.S. is going to be um, autonomous vehicles and that kind of stuff, all the self-driving cars. Because as yeah. you get, like, do you deal with this with, because you do a lot of restoration stuff, but you do collision stuff as well, right? At the shop? I do only like cosmetic stuff, like little okay. fender benders. I don't really get into okay. um, like heavy collision or structural stuff just because I, I'm not equipped to do it. Like but I you get into newer I'm cars outside of my. So have you dealt with like parking sensors and like aligning things and like all of that kind of stuff? Mm, sensors, <sighs> yes, but like not like not to the how crazy it is today where like you pull a windshield and have to like recalibrate everything. Right. Yeah. yeah, I think that's the crazy stuff, right? Like we get into these yeah. cars that like, if you calibrate it wrong, all hell breaks loose, right? So yeah. if you have, have somebody who isn't qualified, who isn't certified working on these vehicles, like that's a, that's a scary thing. So I think that's really gonna push push the issue, but it'll be it'll be interesting to see how things go. But in the meantime, I'm jealous of you guys in Canada and your <laughs> systems and your certifications and <laughs> I'm jealous. <laughs> I think it's good and it's also like it's a great way to get people into the trades because here so when you go to school you get un, like you get unemployment they pay you basically um unemployment insurance and travel expenses to go to school every time you finish a level they give you grant money you get like a thousand dollars just a grant to spend on tools you get your license they give you two grand like they incentivize it really well to get more people into the trades like that didn't exist when I went through it came in like two years later I was like oh but like that is awesome i didn't realize that that is super cool and that's yeah, you'll you'll hear people that are like oh i can't afford to go to school but it's like no now they've made it that like you right can't. not here yeah not here i mean yes there's a ton of scholarships there's a ton of grants there's a ton of things but you and and there's something to that like you have to really work for it you have to go after yeah. it and 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 seek it out but the challenge is if you don't know that it's you don't know what you don't know right so if you don't know that there's money out there you're not going to find it. You're yeah. not going to go after it. You're not going to be able to do it. And like, we, we complain all day long about the trade deficit, but what are we doing about it? I know. <laughs> like, yeah. What are we actually doing about it from a government standpoint to, yeah. to incentivize? That's awesome that they've incentivized it so much. Yeah. And they even have like at the college where they run these programs, they run one through the summer. Um, and it's basically for like underprivileged like youth who could not afford to go to school and it's free for them to take. So they come, I believe it's like eight weeks. They take a, like an eight week auto body program. They learn hmm. the basics. And then at the end of it, they have a big job fair and they guarantee them all a job placement. Oh, wow. So it's like, that's like, that's huge. And like, that is huge. Some, you know, some of the kids are like, eh, like they don't, right. they don't really give a shit about being there, but some are like, oh, sure. some are like, you can just tell like, this is such a huge opportunity for them and they're like, they're going to do really well. So like, that's, that's cool too. Right. Like, I feel like we're really here, like trying to get as many people into trades as, as we can. I love it. So, I yeah. love it. Do you know if the numbers of women in, in automotive are higher in Canada or not? I don't know that. 
I don't off the top of my head, but I feel like I was just talking about this with someone the other day, like even in the, in the GTA area, like how many women that I know that, that work in auto body or, or like a mechanic, like I can, there's so many of us just in like a yeah. small area. I'm like, I feel like there's, this is like higher than it should be. Like, it's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, They're all I, moving to the area to be near you is the thing. <laughs> I feel like Toronto itself, it's such just like an accepting city of, it's so multicultural. So we're accepting of like race and gender and, and like everything that like a woman doing a trade isn't like a big deal because they're so, you know, everything's just going on and everyone's yeah. just like, I'm cool with you. This is cool. This is cool. Um, yeah. Like I find Very it's, cool. I get a lot of people, I get it, even people that like come in, they'll like walk into the shop and then they'll like talk to me and then we have our conversation and then they're like looking around they're like, Oh, it's all girls that work here. <laughs> like after the fact, like, oh, that's cool. awesome. Like carry on their way. <laughs> so, I mean, I know on social media, you promote that you're an all female shop in your, like, do you do a lot of your customers not know? Like, do you some, find? Yeah. Some actually don't. Some have come like because of word of mouth. And I guess it was just never like, it was never an issue. And like, that's cool. That's to amazing. Me. Like, yeah, I like that's the way it should be. It should oh. be. And then like, you know, I always get I always get this feedback that like because my shop is like women owned and operated, they're like, "Oh, you hate men and like you're a stupid feminist lesbian." I'm like being like promoting women in this trade does not mean anti-men and like all I want is is that. Like I want right. when I don't know if it's the same for you, but you ever go out and you meet a whole bunch of new people and then like inevitably it comes around like oh what do you do for a career and you're almost just like ah you don't want to say it because you're they're gonna be like wow like that's not a job for a girl or like you get all these questions like i just don't want it to be a big deal i want to i know like, cool you paint cars or like cool you're a mechanic like next right and one day like that's i mean that's what you i mean i think the reason why you and i get along so well right like is that's our vision that's yeah. our mission is to make it not a thing but the reality is it is right now and i love yeah. I love that you're experiencing it in such a positive light that people are like, okay, yeah, whatever. Like, yeah. That's, that's the way it really should be. And yeah, I, I, I'm so tired of that. Oh, because you're pro-woman, you must be anti-man. I know. Like, no, like, no, men are great. I love guys. They're wonderful. <laughs> but I, I also love, like, I love supporting and empowering women and promoting women. And the reality is, is that there is only like two and a half percent of of tradespeople in the automotive world are women like exactly. only two and a half percent if that right and like i've met so many women like you know younger who really want to get into this trade and for them to walk into a shop that's like full of men even if they're like the coolest raddest dudes it's like it's so intimidating that it will stop them whether it's from like a bad experience from like their past life or if it's just like hard for them so giving them a place to like because as your skills grow, your confidence grows, right? So giving them a place where they can try it and grow skills and then like go out into the industry with like that confidence, like, hey, I can do this or I belong. Like that's that's all I want. And that's how like, I feel like I can do my part to make this industry more co-ed. It's just, or like even just giving them an opportunity where everyone else is saying like, no, like, I don't know if I want to hire a girl or like I'm not hiring right now. And just giving like, just giving someone a, a chance, right? Yeah. Totally. And not everybody's going to work out. Like I, I remember, right. I remember talking with a shop owner once and he was like, I had a female mechanic once and she was awful. I'll never hire a female mechanic again. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, let me ask you a question. 
have you ever had a male mechanic who was awful? And he's like, yeah, of course. I'm like, so did you stop hiring male mechanics? <laughs> right. <laughs> like, come on, your logic isn't working here, right? Yeah. But it, but it is, there's a lot of people who still are not open to hiring women. And so if you can create a chance just to give them their, their, their start, starting point, right? Like, exactly. where, yes, you can try this and maybe you're not gonna work out, maybe you're not gonna make it, maybe you're gonna love it, but. Yeah. Yeah, get, or like maybe, have that maybe it's not going to work out with me, but maybe you'll find your place and like be happier, right? Like if I can just spark that passion. Totally. And, yeah. So do you find, do you often take um, on like entry level or beginning level folks? Yeah, I That's do a lot. Yeah. So a ton of training. Um, yeah, and I try to like how I got my start. Like I've had um, like four co-op girls so far. Three have worked out, one not so much, but I'm like pretty a pretty good supporter. odds still. It's <laughs> actually I'm, really good. I'm, I'm a big supporter of like co-op as well. And yeah, just, I feel like most of my girls have been, you know, like m minimal experience, but then like, you know, I, I try and like balance it with like a couple girls who are a little bit more experienced so that we have a good, like learning to, to skilled ratio or just, yeah. um, um, like on Saturdays, I've been trying before the whole like world shut down with the pandemic. I was trying to do like a volunteer thing on Saturday. Yeah, I, I saw like, that. I love that. I'm to the point where I get like too many resumes, and like I wish I was a millionaire and could just like have this right. huge shop and like hire everyone. Here's to, to that, please. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> but I can't. So I was like, I'll um, you know, maybe on Saturdays I can have like girls who want to learn come out, and then some of my girls who are more experienced can like you know, help teach them. And that's like rewarding for them as well is to like pass totally. on what they've known. So yeah. yeah. And I mean, you saw that's, that's what we're doing at, at Girl Gang Garage, right? I mean, that's what I know. you saw. It's like that joy and people laughed at you when you did that. Like, why would you go fly somewhere to, to work? Like yeah. you work at home. <laughs> why would you go do, why would you go do this? But it's a totally different <laughs> thing because you're sharing your knowledge, you're teaching, it's camaraderie, it's, it's all of, yeah it's all and you've like created such an amazing thing that like women want to fly in from all over to like help right like that's it's because so cool. it's a party really no <laughs> singing and weird voices is what we do <laughs> <laughs> we did a lot of singing and a lot of interpretive dancing yeah well a lot of working on that trust <laughs> So for those of you guys who don't know out there, Hillary came out during the high yellow um, all-female build and and spent a lot of intense hours doing intense body work on that thing. And uh, we, yeah, we were a little delirious. Yeah. We, we had some fun. Yeah. <laughs> that was good. It was good. I can't wait to come back. I can't wait for you to come back. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so how long have you had the shop? Um, I opened in April of 2015. And then we moved to where I am now in February of 20 of last year. I don't know. Okay. So nice. I've been where I'm at now for a little over a year. Okay. Yeah. You're like in the new building? Cause it was a big, it was way bigger, right? It was about, mm, it's about 1200 square feet bigger, but it's quieter. Like where, where I opened before was it was just like a row of like automotive. Okay, so let me just back up. So Dan, Dan, my husband always says this is a weird thing about Canada is in like each city, they have a little block that they designate for like automotive zoning. So like, okay. you don't just find like random shops all over. So I was okay. in a very like big automotive area. So it was a plaza with like 
four other body shops, like truck repair, just like junk all over and a bunch of like sketchiness happening. Um, and it was like, you know, people like rip on it or I would even rip on it now. But I was like, that was like, that was my start, right? Like that's yeah. where I started. Like, There's nothing wrong with that girl. <laughs> I even saw like some of my old neighbors from there came out to visit. And I was like, I honestly like, as weird as it sounds, like I miss the riffraff, like of <laughs> the drama with tenants or like sometimes the police would be there because <laughs> people would be fighting. But like, okay. So I've got to tell you my first, my, well, I guess it was the second building I was in. We were in a similar sort of thing. It was like a strip yeah. of, yeah. of auto shops. And I shared a parking lot and a bathroom with this other shop. So like there was a bathroom like in between our two oh, no, shops. A bathroom. It was awful. And they were like the worst, the worst shop ever. Literally at least twice a week, somebody would call the cops on him. Oh no. It was ridiculous. So there was always all of the drama, like all of the drama. So I totally relate. I, <laughs> I don't miss it. I never missed it. <laughs> but I will say it was awesome because he was like free advertising. Yeah. We actually had, um, it was amazing. One day his, um, the owners, I think it was his like grandma snuck in the back door of our shop and asked us to work <laughs> on our car. And he, she was like, I can't tell him I'm over here, but I don't want him to touch my car. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it was amazing. <laughs> but I'm glad you moved away from the river, from the drama and the cops. I did, and the... but it's like, it'll just always, I feel like, hold a special place in my heart. Because I feel like that moment when I, like, when I got the key to that shop, like, I, it's just such an indescribable feeling. I was like, this is what I wanted since like I started when I was 17. So like 12 years later to like, I remember just hearing, you know, like, oh, you've been approved for like your lease or whatever and just be like crying. Like, I'm like, I can't believe like this is actually happening. So, you know, <laughs> it's like, it's shitty and it's easy to rip on. But I'm like, you know, that was my start. Like that was my very really? humble, humble beginnings and I'll always hold like a place in my heart. So yeah. Yeah, we Absolutely. moved to, um, now I have like a building that's freestanding. It's in like a way quieter area, a nicer town. So the police aren't there all the time. <laughs> but, um, yeah, a little bit more space, kind of a better layout, but it's, nice. it's, it's really nice. Yeah. So how did, because I hear this, you said you've been wanting to do this, you know, since you were 17, right? And I yeah. hear that a lot, especially, I mean, I hear it from, from trades folks all the way across the board, male, female. Oh auto body, mechanical, you know, electrical, whatever, you name it. I hear kind of nonstop, like, I want to open up my own shop one day. I want to have my own business one day. Like, that's what I want to do. Um, yeah. How, how did you get your, how did you make your transition, I should say, from working in the industry to opening your own place? And what did that journey look like? Because I feel like a lot of people, they see, they see you now, yeah. right? And they're like, oh, look, she's got it made. She's rocking it. She's super successful. Like, it's totally doing don't the do most, right? And, it, and they're like, I can do that, too. I want to do that, too. And I'm not saying they can't. I think anybody yeah. can if they work hard enough. But I, I always, like, share in the backstory, right? Like, the struggle and the journey and, like, what went into it. So how did you transition to becoming a shop owner? Uh, yeah, so it was, like, it was a struggle for me being like because I'm a very like impulsive and impatient person so for me at like 17 you know like I want to open my shop right now but then and I think like that's where the apprenticeship program helped because it forced you to put in your time so yeah that was like something that I knew I wasn't quite ready for yet so I worked like full-time 40 hours 44 hours a week I think I took 
I've only ever taken like two vacations, like three weeks total in those 12 years. Um, I worked at a production shop doing like prep work where we pushed out a hundred cars a week. I worked at a restoration shop doing like really, really top notch restorations. And then I had gotten to the point in my career where money wise, I was making pretty much under like the top person who had been there way longer than me. So I was like money wise, I'm like topped out. I work at one of the top collision shops in North America. I've worked at our best restoration shop. I was teaching college on a part-time basis and it was kind of like, okay, I've, I've kind of hit my ceiling um, money-wise and I feel like I'm not being challenged anymore. Like I'm kind of like, I feel like at that point, like I'm at the top of my game. Like I'm confident. I feel like I know what I'm doing. I've like earned that respect in, in my workplace. Um, and then I was just kind of like, you know, I think like it's my like do or die moment and living in, you know, living in Toronto and, and not making a lot of money and basically living paycheck to paycheck. I'm like, okay, well, how am I going to afford this? Like, I can't just go to a bank and say like, I, I've never owned a business before. Like right. I make, I don't even know what I was making like 70 bucks an hour at the time. Like give me a bank loan type of thing. Right. Um, so I, I kind of got like resourceful. So I did a lot of like Googling for like months prior. I found the platform Indiegogo. Um, and I was basically like, basically like, I'm going to try this. So I launched an Indiegogo campaign and I was super fortunate in the way that it really kind of went viral. Like I got a lot of media coverage and I was able through Indiegogo, I raised about $15,000, which basically paid like my first and last month's rent and a security deposit and like <laughs> just bootstrap my business <laughs> from like, here on right. up and um that would definitely be like one piece of advice because i'm i'm always of the mentality like it doesn't matter if i don't have money in my bank like i'll just work extra hard but like that's super stressful so make sure like you're prepared and you have a safety net and like some backup cash or backup line of credit like that was one thing that was really tough for me to learn yeah um and yeah like the transition from being a technician for so long to being a business owner i think is tough because you know, initially, I think everyone's going to be like, it'll be great. Like, I'm going to work on what I want, what I want, be really selective. <laughs> but like, then you get railroaded by this reality that's like, no, bitch, you're going to be the bookkeeper, the manager, the janitor, uh, everything but working on the car someday. So um, yeah. transitioning like into doing that was tough. And I think just like aligning yourself with people to help you like, for me, I'm not organized. I'm like so scatterbrained. So finding a bookkeeper was like key for me. Like, like yeah. just aligning yourself with people who can help you where you feel like you're lacking. And that was like, you know, that was something that I'm, I still lack in. So um, yeah, it was kind of my ramble. <laughs> no, that's no, I'm like, I'm amening everything that you say. Cause gosh, it was like, I didn't do an Indiegogo to start my business, but I had $200 in my bank account. And that was the biggest it was the biggest mistake that I made. I didn't have that safety net. And thankfully I was really young when I started my shop because I had that energy, right? I'll just work really hard. I'll just, yeah. right? but <laughs> yeah. it's, it's not sustainable. Like, yes, you can push through and you can like just grind it, grind it out and grind through, but it's not sustainable. And eventually no. you do have to rely on other people and find an accountant, find somebody who can support you with the things that you're not great at. And I'm the same, like, I, yes, I'm, I think I think we're like soul sisters from another. <laughs> another oh, I know, I know, <laughs> totally. <laughs> I love it. Very cool. What, um, 
what would you say has been like the biggest challenge you've you've faced getting to where you're at like is it is it the money piece like was that the biggest challenge or like what do you think in getting um, to where you're at money wise like not so much I, I feel like because I've lived on my own pretty much like in my early 20s so I've I've, I've learned to live like almost like broke, right? Like being 20 and paying for an apartment. Like you, I've learned to live like very frugally. Like I don't have fancy clothes or fancy cars. Like I'm fine with not having materialistic things. So like- And you'd ruin it anyway, working in the body shop, girl. Right, exactly. <laughs> so I'm like, I can like, I can survive like that. Like that's okay. Um, it's, it was definitely stressful. Um, but the biggest, what would I say the biggest challenge would be? Um, I think like, um, one of them would definitely be fighting through like negativity, like when I first opened, um, because like for me personally, like I'm, I'm a very happy, positive person. And I, I, I'm not about like tearing down other people. Like I, I feel like I can always find something nice to say, or I'm always good at focusing on the positive. So when I got like some shitty negative feedback, like I really took that personally. And I can remember like, like crying, like crying on my couch the first time I got some shitty fucking like reviews yeah. on my business that like weren't even legit. Um, and just, I guess, learning to not take that personally and let it like affect me because I had to like sit down and be like, hey, you know what? At the end of the day, no matter what anyone says about me, like I still have my business and I'm still gonna like fucking work hard. Uh-oh, you froze. Yep, it was my battery. battery. I'm good. <laughs> uh, I'm like still gonna work hard to like prove you wrong, and like you can't take that from me. Like you can't take what I've worked away from me. So, just learning to let like the negative, and you know, there's always the difference between negative feedback and like constructive criticism. Which I'm all yes. about constructive criticism. Like I've worked for like a bunch of really tough people who have been like, hey what you did here is shitty. And let me explain to you why this sucks. I'm like, okay, <laughs> thank you. Like, I appreciate that. And there's a difference between that and yes. someone basically coming out of left field to like slander you. Because I always, I get criticized when I talk about this a lot because, you know, I don't want people to think like, oh, someone was mean to me, so I'm going to cry about it. Like, I, I understand how to differ differentiate those two things. Totally. No, and I think that's a really, really important point to make, that there is a difference between being critical yeah. and giving somebody constructive criticism. And like, because constructive criticism is, I see you, I want you to do the best that you possibly can do, right. and I'm going to support you in getting there by letting you know areas where you have room for improvement. Whereas criticism is, I'm just going to stand back here and point and laugh. Yeah because I, I have negative desires for you, right? Exactly. Like they're two very different things. And they yeah. are, yeah. No, and often I like, I find when I talk about negativity is people will turn that around on me and say like, oh, well, you should learn to like take, to take criticism. Like, no, I, I can, like I welcome criticism. Like you can be tough to me and, and I appreciate that. But when yeah. someone goes out of their way to like purposely try and hurt you, like I'm not cool with that. It's just disappointing more than anything, right? And I think mm -hmm. it gets disappointing that you, that we still live in a in a world in a society where like where that's okay. Where like just being mean for no point is is okay. 
and acceptable, right? That that's the world we live in. Like, and I can deal with it. Like you, we, like we live, we have a thick skin. We've been through a lot. We've heard a lot. We've had a lot said to us, but you know, nobody likes it. No, <laughs> it sucks. Like, it sucks too when you're like such a happy, like positive person. And then someone like, you're just like, ah, like my heart. Like, I wouldn't say that to you. Like, why? <laughs> Oh, yeah, we could go down that rabbit hole of psychology of why people do, but yeah. Mm. It's just some people will just, and sometimes it's just to get a reaction, right? I've learned that people will, will say something to try and like engage you or provoke you and push your buttons. So like, I've learned to just kind of like, meh, like not let it yeah. affect me and just move on. Yeah, totally. And I think that's, that's, a, that's a really valid point. Like, and I think that's something for a lot of people. I know when I, when I first started out in the shop, like, the guys that I would work with, I was the first woman that they'd worked with. Like they didn't, they didn't know. And I think there was a certain amount of like, let's just poke and see how far it takes, like how far we can go before she gets offended or before she yeah. gets upset. So there's like, there's a certain amount of like testing yeah, going on. Absolutely. Right. <laughs> and, and because I didn't engage the, it, it lost its fun for them. Yeah. Right. They were playing this game of how far can we go before she gets upset. Right. And I just didn't, I just didn't engage the game and then it became boring to them and they stopped. Yeah. <laughs> right? like children, right? No, that's not to say that there weren't like many a days that I locked myself in the bathroom and cried, but yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that happened too. Days. I'm not going to lie. Yo, oh, for sure. And like, that's another like thing that I get like a lot from, you know, like younger women in this trade that they ask like, Oh, did you ever have those days that you just felt like giving up? I'm like, yeah, man. Like yeah. I had those days where, like same thing I would go in the bathroom and cry or like I'd be so like I'd be so frustrated with what I was trying to do I would just like openly cry in the shop floor and then like the guys were like ah look she's crying again <laughs> and then like now you know in hindsight looking back at what I was doing it's like it's it's like seems like child's play right so it's like it does get easier for sure it does and I think it's yeah. important to know like we all we all have those days like I had weeks when I when I thought it wasn't going to get any better. I had months where I thought about yeah. giving up. I've had days like yesterday, right? <laughs> like it wasn't that long ago when I've had days that I felt like giving up. And I think that that's human and normal. And I'm like, For I've been sure. having so many conversations with, um, with folks over these last several weeks and months. And I think the pandemic and quarantine has kind of like brought a lot of this out. But I, mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of people are struggling, but nobody's admitting to it. Yeah. And, and just to like hear it and be validated that you're not the only one having those feelings is so huge. And I'm like, I'm almost, I'm tired of hearing people being, being sad and having self doubt and that's normal and human, but thinking that they're the only one doing it. And then looking at folks yeah. like you or folks like myself who look to be successful on Instagram. Right. And we, we yeah. are doing our things and, and all of that, but to know that we're all normal and human too and have our struggles and absolutely yeah and i i feel like i try my best like naturally i'm a positive person but i i feel like on my instagram i try my best to like talk about like struggles like struggles in in my trade or like you know i, I have like a lot of anxiety like a lot of days where it's like i'm just like i'm gonna die out of nowhere right like no one's perfect and and i exactly what what you said like social media is like 
everyone just shows the perfect parts of their life. Like it's just a highlight reel of how amazing everyone's life is. But like no one yeah. lives like that in the reality. Like no. But there needs I feel like there needs to be more conversations about like what sucks or what's hard or like in your trade, like what did you struggle with? Yeah. Like, we need there needs to be more of that. Okay, so along those lines, we're gonna play in, in preparation in advance for, for fuck up Friday coming up later <laughs> this week. I'm <laughs> I'm all about sharing our fuck ups and our mess ups and the things that like are the biggest like, oh, damn, I can't believe I did that. Whether it's something technical or whether it's like a life choice or whether it's a whatever, like what, what is your biggest and maybe now you think of it as a positive because you've learned the lessons and all of that. But what is what share, share a good juicy, a good juicy fuck up so that we can let our viewers know that we're all normal human beings. Oh my God, I have so many. I can like the one <laughs> right? that, that's like, always my answer too. I'm like, oh my God, so <laughs> let me start that... counting the ways. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, here's one that just happened like to me the other day was, um, so I'm like my my little paint mixing computer that I would type in like paint codes. It, the software's outdated and like my reps laid off, so whatever. So got the paint code, called it in, ordered the paint to paint two bumpers, whatever, painted it super quick. <laughs> the next day I'm like, looking at the bumper, looking at the car, it's a Subaru, I'm like, okay, white, car's white, but like something's wrong here. And then realize that I, it was a tri-coat and I got just like the base coat. So now the bumpers are like a super solid white. The whole car is like, you know, really pearl white. I'm like, oh, could have done like a spray out, could have like checked this better. Like, right. You know, such like a newbie novice mistake, but I'm like, white white looks good like cheap little quick job in and out spray right. it I'm like man you know something that would have taken me like like literally 30 seconds to do a spray out and it, totally yeah that's what isn't that the stuff that day. always gets us yeah. always it's the simple simple stuff in the end that winds up yeah. getting us not the crazy complicated like because no. that's stuff we put all of our focus into we're like i've got this big crazy task ahead of me i'm gonna give it my all i'm gonna make sure i don't f up but then it's like, you know, tying your shoes that you mess up. You're like, how did I? What? <laughs> yeah. Or it's just like, like, it's faster to go slow is like something that has been like a challenge for me to learn. Cause like, again, like, yeah, looks good. Do it, do it, do it. Like, but if I had slowed down, taken like the five extra minutes to like double check, then that would have saved me, you know, all that extra time. So sometimes yep. like hurrying and rushing to get stuff done is actually costing you more time you end up going like one step forward and two steps backwards so yeah i feel like you know dumb stuff that happens like that that happens to me all the time <laughs> awesome i love it see we're celebrating our our mistakes <laughs> everybody makes them and anyone who tells you they don't is a liar agreed amen you started something recently on social media that i love and i want to bring up so you've started the the hashtag share your trade story yeah. Um, so tell me, like, I love it. Tell me what's behind it, why you started it and why, like how that's been, that's been going. Um, I feel like it started when we did, we did our live, we did one of our lives and we started asking for, um, like a, a top piece of advice that you may have learned or heard through your trade journey. But then we got some responses that were really long that we can read out almost like people's stories. I'm like, Hey, this would be really cool. Um, because, you know, I feel like, especially on Instagram, we always hear like, 
a few certain people's stories over and over, but there's like a whole world of us out there. So like, I personally enjoy reading how people got started in their different trade. And I thought if we just created a hashtag and maybe someone who's interested in a trade could go and like read through the stories and connect with someone and like, you know, maybe find like a mentor or someone to like ask their questions to type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. It's, it's much needed. I, I yeah. feel like, especially with the trade deficit, like there are a lot of, there's a lot of kids out there who have been, and, and young adults even, and probably even not so young adults, right? Who like, who don't, who are struggling, they are looking for a path, they're looking for an option, and maybe this would be a great fit for them, but they don't know how to get their start, or they've been told that they can't, or they yeah. see the people successful and don't know how to get to that successful place, or they, like we've been talking about, they don't see the backstory of how, how you get from, from here to there, right? So right. I love, I love the sharing of the stories so that people can see, like, I really believe in if you see it, you can be it. Yeah, absolutely. Right? For and sure. And so hearing sure. people's stories, it gives you from like, oh, he didn't come from a great background or she did this or he did that or he had this struggle or obstacle and they did it anyway. And yeah, to, to, to see that is really empowering and motivating and yeah for sure and especially with instagram because now it's so easy to like you read someone's story and just like connect with that person right it's it makes it more of like like a face-to-face -face. like you have someone to like reach out to with your questions like that's so cool like that didn't exist when i was young right oh, like it's, no. <laughs> it's yeah that's awesome. the plus side of social media right like yeah. the yeah. downside of social media is we see the sizzle reel the plus side of social media is that you see all of these different opportunities out there that that we don't otherwise get to see. I didn't, when I was growing up, social media wasn't yeah. a thing. I know, really. right? I feel so old. <laughs> I know, seriously. I just, somebody just commented, not so young adults represent. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> no, we're not so young adults. <laughs> oh my God. But I will always act young. So that keeps me young, right? Yes, <laughs> yes, that's the key. <laughs> uh, no, I'm so glad that that hashtag took off and that people like were really, embracing it i think that's a, a really cool thing it's been fun to i know fun to I, read I, I love reading people's stories and people's yeah. journeys for sure yeah yeah so folks who are reading and following this along if you go go search the hashtag share your trade story and uh yeah. and see some really really cool stories and maybe add in your own if you have yeah share yet. your own Sharing your own, exactly. Um, we are getting close towards the end of the amount of time that Instagram allows us. I want to check really quickly because there's a couple of questions that have popped up. So I want to make sure um, that we've that we've answered all of them. Um, I think we've kind of, by virtue of conversation, answered most of them. Um, there's one question from a, another actual... Um, actually another female shop owner. Um, she uh, owns a mechanical shop down in Florida. She's asking of the changes that you've made, if if any in your business, how many of those do you think you'll continue to do once things go back to quote unquote normal? Um, I think like, I feel like it's gonna be, there's gonna be this whole like new normal. So, and you know what? One thing that like I've really learned in business is and it sounds like super cheesy and cliche, but like the only constant is change. I think your business has to be constantly changing and evolving. And, you know, that was something that was like tough for me to learn as well. Like even employee wise, like 
you know, sometimes I'm like, hey, this person's here, this person's like, we got this good team, but like people are always switching out and like, you know, just I, learning to like embrace change and that that's always going to be part of your business and just learning how to like adapt and, and roll with it and just kind of as the world's changing, like be fluid and move with it. Yeah. Amen. I think that's one of the advantages that small businesses like, yeah. like yours and mine have is that we can sure. pivot quickly. We can yeah. make changes and not be held back by like massive, massive organizations, but it's, like it's been really shareholders and stuff like that. Right? But even <laughs> that it's been really cool to see how quickly even some of these large, really large companies have been adapting. It's been, it's been really interesting to watch, like despite everything else, all the rest of the layers of emotion and whatnot is it's been interesting to watch from a sociology and like a business perspective, watching how the different companies are reacting. For so sure. yeah, I think you're right. It is an, it's new normal. And yeah. I think there's a lot of, a lot of the changes that will stay and yeah, I think maybe, so maybe some that won't, but we'll, we'll see. But yeah, you just got to adapt and absolutely. overcome and just be ready for the next thing. Just em embrace change, I guess. Like nothing, nothing's ever going to stay the same forever. So nope. Life would be really boring if it did. It would. <laughs> <laughs> so final, final words. What, um, what would, what, final words do you have to maybe the younger version of you um, or somebody out there like you who's listening to this? What are, what are your words of advice for this crazy thing called life that we've got? <laughs> um, definitely like be patient. Don't give up. Um, and passion. Like if you, if you want something bad enough, like you'll achieve it. Don't be in a hurry. That's what would be one thing I could tell myself. Like, don't be in a hurry, slow down, enjoy the process. Like learning a trade, it's such an enjoyable process. Like enjoy every moment of that. Goals, like set your goals, find people that encourage you. Like I'm so grateful that I met Bogey. She's like been a mentor to me. I can always call her when I have business questions. So connecting with people who are like-minded and kind of on that same wavelength, that's like, that's so key to me. Um, and just like positivity you know, keep, keep a positive attitude. Like you can achieve anything you want to do. Like don't, don't ever place limits on yourself. You can do it. Awesome. I dig it. I think those are really, really important words and finding mentors, I think is probably one of the, I know it was for me yeah. finding yeah. resources and people that I could be inspired by and yeah. that could keep me going when I was having my low spots and kind of for just sure. knowing, gosh, you're gonna have low spots. Like, oh, yeah, that like, you're gonna fall in and out of love with your job, you're gonna fall in and out of love yeah. with your business, if you become a business owner, and you're yeah. gonna have highs and lows, no matter what you're doing. And like, that's normal. And it's okay. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I will cheers with the last of my wine to that one. <laughs> cheers to that. And you'll be getting one of these lovely girl gang garage glasses. Oh, I know. As a, as a gift. Can you see that? Yeah, that's amazing. So you'll be getting one of those for joining me on happy hour. If yeah. anybody else watches, watching this wants one, send me a message. We can, we can hook you up with that as well. But <laughs> You get, you get one of these as a courtesy. Um, awesome. And we, we need to catch up more. I love you and I miss you. And it's been so, so good to chat with you. It's never enough time. I know. Um, everybody watching, I hope you guys enjoyed getting to know Hillary. If you didn't know her already, make sure you go give her a like and a follow on Instagram and on Facebook, Ink and Iron Auto and um, Auto Body Barbie. Um, where else can they find you if there's if they're if they're wanting to reach out and connect with you 
Just um, Instagram, Facebook mostly? Yeah, Instagram. I'm on Facebook, Hillary Ann, um, LinkedIn, Hillary Noack. Just, or Instagram's usually the best. Awesome. Perfect. Yeah. Awesome, awesome. Thank you guys so much for coming out and joining and hanging out with Hillary and myself for the last hour or so. You guys were a lot of fun. Hillary, as always, I love you. I adore I love you. you. Too. Everybody out there, please be safe. Take care of one another. Take care of yourselves. Keep your hands clean. And until um, next time, be good. <laughs> <laughs>